But let's get into our question for today. I appreciate you guys thinking about these things. Continue to try to apply it. Next week, we'll continue the conversation about it. We have a question for this week, and I posted the question online, but I'll ask you to hear again. How do we refine our character to look more like Jesus? Last week, we were talking about character. We talked about the fruits of the Spirit, which were love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. And I added humility onto the list. Great memory, J. Lou. Someone was paying attention. And I said, those 10 qualities are hopefully like an essence of who we can be. We, if we add these things in our week and our days, we look more like Jesus. And you know, the interesting thing is it's the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruits. So all of them together make one. And so us focusing on that is really important. Let me build into this question and then we'll get started. So, you know, I think character is an important part of our life. Can you all agree with me? If you had to define character, what would you say it was? So character is the words used to describe us, the impact we have on others, and who we are when no one is looking. I like this because this is different components of character. Think about it. It's words used to describe us. If you thought about the words used to describe you, what would people say? Our hope is that the words would be positive words that when they leave our presence, they have a positive encounter. Um, the impact we have on others, and that kind of goes together. And who we are when no one is looking. I think that's an important one. It, that's really like, I think, a very true definition of character. When no one is seeing, it's not on a stage, it's not on any platform or social media. When, when you're by yourself, who you are and what you do is a good definition of who you are. That is your character. So consider that today. Because it's interesting, if you look throughout Scripture, Anyone who's anointed by God has lost their way because their character wasn't in line, right? We think about in the Bible, Saul. Saul was the first king. He was, God put an anointing on him. They poured the oil on him and he was blessed. He won victories. He was a great king. But there was a battle in which he was supposed to wait on God and wait for the priest to come. And instead, I don't know, do y'all know what happened in the story? He took matters into his own hands. When the priest was supposed to do it, he did it himself. And so he stepped out of his role. He stepped out of who had God had called him. And he did something he, needed, he didn't need to do. And what was interesting is the anointing left him. When we don't, like God may give us every gift we need to serve him, but if our character is not in line, we will lose that. We look at big name preachers today. Even Robbie Zacharias was a great speaker, great, so eloquent in what he said. But we, we found out later he had so many things in the, where no one was looking, you know, that part of character, using so many inappropriate things. And we learned that anointing is lost when our character is not in line. But the sad part today is so many people don't even focus on their character at all. They just think, this is how I am. I can't change this. This is who I am. This is how God made me. But no, that's not right. God has a plan for you. God has an image of your character that he needs. And you have to give value to that. The problem it starts with is we don't value our character and how we are. One thing I'll say is there's another verse that I wanted to read. Proverbs chapter 22, verses 1. I'm building the question. 
And it says, A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. So what does the first thing say? A good name is more desirable than riches. Right? Think about this. Your name, your character is more valuable than how much we make. I wanted to show you a picture of Zion. <laughs> I love seeing this picture of Zion. <laughs> That's Zion. So, you know, sometimes um, when I just look at that, I'm just thinking, you know, I don't have much in this world to give him. You know, we want to leave so much for our kids, honestly. Like, I'm sure everyone wants to. But one of the best things that you can leave for your generations is your name. The character with which you have. Yes. Right? And I, I didn't want to leave Micah out, so I brought Micah <laughs> on there too. So even as we think about the idea of character, if you can't do it solely for the name of God, think about the people around you. Can you think about them and think, man, I want to do this so that when I leave this place, people will say, like, they'll be proud of the name that you carry. Right? They'll be proud that you walked with God. So we start with the question, how do we refine our character to look more like Jesus? See, I started with all of that because if you don't value character, you won't care to refine character. And I want you to understand it is a very important thing. God needs something of you in your character, so you should value that. But also, considering the people around us, could you refine your character? So let me ask you, how do we refine our character to look more like Jesus? But let's get into maybe where God um, put in my heart. Um, so again, the question that we're dealing with is how do we refine our character so that we look more like the image of Christ? So the first thing I want to say, our character is refined in trials, right? I don't think there's any part of our life that gets better without hardship, right? Imagine if you want to get a master's, what do you have to do? you got to go through the hardship of how many tests, how many papers, right? You want to get a doctorate. You want to get a bachelor's. You want to do a wedding, right? That's its own trial, right? You want a good wedding day. There are many days, there are many things that will test you, right? But those trials always produce something better from it. Can you all agree with me? So we look in the scriptures, and not only this, but we also exalt in our tribulation. We exalt in our what? tribulations, knowing that tribulations bring perseverance. Perseverance proves character, and character gives hope, and hope doesn't disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So we recognize first, the first place of our growth is through our trials. God, if you really want to go grow close to God, ask God, and guess what God will do? He's going to give you trials and hardships. Right? That's going to be the test of your character. And the difficulty is this, and I've heard this and I like this quote. You know, normally how is a test given? Someone teaches you and then they give you the test. God's test is he gives you the test first and then teaches you learn something from it later. That's the difficulty. Right? And sometimes maybe you're here right now and you feel like you're in a test. Ask God, God, give me the grace because you may be working on your character right now. I just think about you know, my time at Poteet, that was a big test in my life. When I, when I first started teaching, it was one of the most difficult times, but I'm so grateful for it because I became a different version of me because of that. I learned humanity. I learned how students were. I learned when I need to be rough and when I need to not be rough. 
the trial, again, I going forward, no one wants to go through the trial. But looking back, I'm say, I say, God, thank you that I went through that. Because now even when I deal with these kids here, they're nothing compared to that. You know what I mean? That was like 300 pounds. It's like 100. You know what I mean? It's like nothing. Like there's no even closeness. And I'm so grateful to God. So the first thing I recognize that if you want to refine your character to look more like Christ, you have to ask God and he will give generously. He will give you trials to help you shape. But the difficulty with that is then you have no responsibility in it. You're almost just waiting for God to give you a trial. Can you agree with me? So I found, I think, this scripture which gives us some guidance of what we need to do while we're waiting for the trial. So we're looking at Psalms chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, which is what we read at the beginning. And it says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, or sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in season. His leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. And so we begin to engage and see what is this blessed life that God is offering us. And I think the first thing I recognize from this is our character is refined in who we keep around us. Right? It said, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. I want you to recognize today who you spend time with determines you. He said the blessed life is those who avoid these things. And the difficulty is, you know, no one has a sign that says I'm ungodly. You know what I mean? If someone had that, then I can just walk the other way. The difficult thing is we sometimes have friends in our churches, close friends, who give us ungodly wisdom, who make us do wicked things. And I want to encourage you, if you want to refine your character, if you want to refine it, you have to be so mindful of who you keep around you. You know, it's interesting. As a teacher, it's like I get a study of humanity always. I look at my students and I get to see how people act, how people react, and who they become. I'll teach someone in 10th grade and I'll see how they become by senior year. Like, it's so interesting. I had these, uh, a story come to my I had these two Malayali, uh, two boys. I shouldn't say that. I had these two boys, and this was like my first year, whatever. And um, they both were so smart. I taught them in 10th grade, right? And one ended up hanging out with all the top 10 friends. Like he studied all the time. And because of that, like he studied all the time. He stopped playing basketball as much. His goals became all of the goals of the friends. The other one started hanging out with the cool kids of the school. They, they enjoyed going to parties and things like that. And because of that, he got into a lot of trouble because of it. Two people, same potential in my class, but the biggest difference of their life was who they kept around them. You know, I know so many of my friends who want better in their life. They'll come to me and say, Sam, you know, I want to get away from drinking alcohol. And then I'll talk to him the next week and, and I'll say, what did you do this week? Well, me and my friends went to the bar. I'm like, you just told me last week you want to change. And he's like, well, that's all me and my friends do. All we ever do together is go to the bar and drink. 
I'm like, if you want to change, change what you do. And he's like, that's all my friends do. And I was like, maybe change your friends. But that's hard for people to do. People want to hold on to the people they've established themselves with. So guess what? You will continue doing the same things you've always done. If you want to live the blessed life that God is offering you, you have to sometimes be willing to cut some things off. And I'm not always saying this, but I think sometimes you might even need to cut off some friends from your life for a season so that you can change who you are. Right? I'm not saying, like, I don't like the idea that we have to avoid everybody and stay away from everybody because that's almost thinking we're better than people. I don't think that. I think we can engage, but if, when you engage with people, you always fall into certain things, stay away for some time. This is a part of our refining process. I also want to say this. Sometimes people will look and say, oh, don't worry, Sam, I don't hang out with anyone anymore. Like, I'm just a loner. I just hang out by myself. But I want you to consider today who established you. You know, the people that you grew up with, your parents, the friends that you had growing up with, make an impact and have developed you into who you are. So I want to encourage you, look at your life, look at the people you've grown up with, and recognize, I was established because of these people. Is this in alignment with the word? And if it's not, you might need to cut some things off. Let me give you an example of this. So when I was growing up, our church guys, and this is terrible, but our church guys loved to roast people. We used to just make fun of everybody, right? That was just the way we talked. So I remember growing up, I, I remember not even being aware of it. I just did it because other people did it. Like, I remember one time we were playing basketball, and I still feel guilty about this. One of the older Chachans, he was 10 years older than me, and they always joked with him because he was a little bit more darker skinned. And so I, like, we were playing basketball, and the lights went out. And obviously, I couldn't see anybody, but I called his name. Johnny, where are you? I don't see you because it turned dark, right? <laughs> it, it was really rude. And I look back, and I think, why did I do that? And I remember Johnny came and was like, that's not a funny joke. He got really offended. Because, again, he was like my achachan. Like, why is this little kid making this joke? But I look back, and I think, I just did that because everybody was doing it. And no one in that moment did it, but I just saw an opportunity to roast, so I roasted. But as I stopped and I thought, I thought to myself, like I read the word and I thought, our words have power. It's like, a, like our words, it has the power of life and death in it. So as I thought about that, see, this is me looking at my life and saying, hey, I was established a certain way because of my friends, but maybe I need to change the way that I was established. Because I need to align with this. The refining of our characters, us looking at ourselves, and it may be even things you have always done. And you say, this is what my mom did and what my dad did. right? And you might have said, well, maybe you need to stop what your parents did. Stop generational curses that are happening. Couple that come to mind, stop talking about people. This is all our parents like to do. And guess what I'm starting to see? We like to do that. You know, we talk negatively even about our own kids. I've seen parents do that. So be mindful. You stop that. Stop that in your generation. Stop that in your generation. I think there's plenty of things that I think we need to stop from our parents' generation. So look inside yourself if you want. Look inside yourself and consider, are there things, God, that I need to change? So advice that I can give 
from this is, it says, drop the ways of life that the wicked offer. Like I said, this offering can come from our friends, our family, or even our closest circles. And sometimes we have to drop it. And for that to happen, sometimes we may have to drop some friends for some time. How do we refine our character? Our responsibility is to be mindful of who we keep around us. The second thing I want to remind us, the way we refine ourselves, is to look at what we are constantly doing. Your character is a development of your habits. We see this a wall that's built with Legos. Again, it doesn't take, you don't do this overnight. It takes one Lego at a time. You put one Lego at a time and a wall is built. It takes one habit at a time and your character is developed. Right? The scripture says, Blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Your actions every day define who you are. Genuinely. So think, what am I doing every day? Is my life and the habits that I'm creating in alignment with Scripture? If not, you need to start doing those things. There's no rocket science to this. I remember one time um, when Grandma was at our house, one of the uncles of the church um, was talking about the situation, and they said, you know, Sam just has a special character to help take care of older people. Like, I heard them saying that. And I was like, no, I don't. You think any part of me wants to sit with an amachi and listen to her talk for 15 minutes? Right? Every, and she would say the same story every time. And the party is like, I don't want to hear that. But what's cool is as I did it every day, I learned to appreciate it and I enjoyed it. But when I started it, I didn't like that. You think to become this image of Christ is magic? It's just you, day by day, taking action saying, what am I doing so that I can look more like Christ? And the question really comes down to, do you even care about that? Because if you care about that, then you will. And again, hopefully I don't sound mean when I say this, because I see us growing. But when you really care about having the image of Christ, he pushes you into uncomfortability. He pushes you into situations you're like, why do I have to do this? I'll give you an example of this week. So like on Thursday this week, we had the college fair. And so our parking lot was literally filled with all of these representatives from different universities, and they had to come. And so I, when I come back, I went to go grab some lunch, and I came back. And when I came back, there's literally not a single parking spot. So luckily, as I was circling, and that's so rare for this place because there's so many parking spots. But when I was circling back, one opened, and so I, I pulled in. I, I turned my car off, and I, walked, I started walking in. As, as I'm walking in, I see the janitor ladies that clean the, uh, the, the school at night. And in my mind, I thought, man, they're here till 9 o'clock at night. And so as I'm walking, I'm like, okay, I really don't have to do anything. I can just keep walking. I already have my parking spot. But inside me, I was like, these are ladies who are going to be here at nighttime by themselves. Obviously, they can go further and park and walk, and that's not a big deal. But then I thought, okay, we want to look like Jesus. So I literally, I'm literally close to the door. I walk back in the 100 degrees. And I was like, y'all want my parking spot? And they're like, yes. They're like ready to accept. <laughs> you know, sometimes people are like, no, it's okay. I'll find another one. They're like, no, we're ready to take it. And so <laughs> I literally reversed. And I, I went to the backfield parking lot. And it's fine. It was only like maybe, like maybe 100 or more feet that I have to walk. But I'm leaving at 5 o'clock when the sun is out. And when they're leaving at 9 o'clock, let them be a little bit more close to the building. And I don't say that to brag. 
I say that because nothing in that was easy. I have work I need to do. I have, to, I, I have my responsibilities I need to take care of. But it's when we care about a different way of life, we're pushed into something different. We're pushed into things that we don't want to do, uncomfortable things. So you have to day by day, and guess what happens? That uncomfortability on Monday, if I'll do that again on Tuesday, and then I'll look for that on Wednesday, and then by Friday and Saturday, and after two weeks or a month, guess what? You become a certain way. You become an image. People look at you and say, there's something different about this person. But it's every day, what are you doing? You have to be mindful of that. You know, it's interesting. It says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. And on his law he meditates when? Day and night. So there's something about avoid certain things and do certain things. It's your responsibility of what you're doing. Because here's the thing. As you start to do things, okay, why is it important to read the Word of God in the morning and at night? Because it changes the wiring of our brain. You are a certain way. The world is a certain way. But the Word of God shapes us in a different way. Can you all agree with me? And if you're not in the Word of God thinking about that, you are going to live like you want. You are going to do what you want. So if you're interested in refining your character, I want to encourage you, look at your life. What are you constantly doing? So the advice that I want to give you is this. Reflect on your habits and your use of time. Spend time in the Word. When you're given free time and nothing else is left for you to do, what do you do? Choose today to do things that are good. Right? Love is not just you sitting somewhere. Love is an action. So when you have some free time, do you choose to love yourself or do you choose to say, can I love the people around me? So let me just end with where we started. Um, how do we refine our character to look more like Jesus? Well, the first thing I said is that trials are where it starts. In our trials is where we are going to begin to change the most. But we can't control that aspect of it. God brings the trials. But the parts that we can control are two things. What we do and who we keep around us. Be mindful of who you keep around you and what you do. And here is the goal. It says, you will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Man, look at this tree. Look how strong and powerful. I'm sure it can bear some good fruit. And here's the hope that as we do this, we may not have the richest life. We may not have the most successful in a worldly sense, but we'll have a blessed life that we're, we are giving fruit to those around us. And so I just want to say thank you guys always for engaging. Our prayer is that we would always be an image of Christ in the church and that everywhere we go, we would honor God.